Hello and welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we're booksmen. Yeah, we sure as hell are. We just took a week off. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed uh, some of our live shenanigans. Yeah, that was a fun show. (laughs) <laughs> Let's talk about the thing that some people were probably mad that we put up last week. I was going to say, I forgot that because we're, we're probably going to put a live show on the regular feed too. And I forgot which show was which that we were oh, putting yeah. up. And when you said that, I was like, are you just going to lie? Like we record this after. No, yeah. no. We, look, we had to it do this. Chicago show. Uh, there was no movie to watch for. Uh, 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 <laughs> seven Habits, seven of, habits highly of Highly Effective, effective People. people. Um, and we tried to figure out a fun movie for Tom, but it, it would have just been boring. Yeah. It, like there were like information, like educational DVDs or something, but it's yeah. like, oh, that's just going to be the same. That's not going to be like, yeah. oh, we had to take a different, uh, approach. You would have just come in for like 45 minutes. You would have been like, yep, just as boring as the book. Right. Same exact ideas laid mm-hmm. out. Somebody did mention, uh, I, I don't have their name in front of me, but that they said, uh, they were like, oh, I thought this was how to win friends and influence oh, yeah. people. And that I I remembered thinking the same thing of like, oh, that's a become thing of which I did read that. Uh Dale Carney. Dale, Dale Carnegie, Carnegie. Yeah. Of the, the Carnegie, Carnegie, Carnegie Royal, Hall. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I did read that book. Uh and that book, I'll tell you, there's a reason why it's still out there. You know who else read that book? Who? Charles Manson. Yeah. He, and look at all the friends he won he and influenced. Certainly influenced the shit yeah. out of those friends that he picked up. Yeah, it is weird actually reading that book because it's from like the fifties, right? I think it's from even earlier than that. The I feel 40s? like it's from like the twenties, the thirties, the twenties, maybe even the, the teens. The teens. You know what? We're coming up on a new decade, but it doesn't feel like it because we have we don't have names for the like people say like the aughts and the early aughts and nobody's been like oh. nobody's called this the teens yeah so like if this was not uh 2029 we'd be like oh man we're on the cusp of the 30s now yeah but nobody's saying uh, i mean i guess we're on the cusp of the 20s but nobody's yeah well saying that. I, th- I thought you were gonna say that maybe we'll finally start referring to this as the 20s mm. maybe uh maybe the things will get 20s. roaring yeah maybe the stock market will tank and everybody mm. will uh well uh <laughs> It mirrors the Gilded Age in a number of ways. Yeah, it only took us a hundred years to go right the fuck back off the rails. <laughs> uh, yeah, can't wait. Can't wait for the Roaring Twenties to come roaring back. Maybe yeah. I'll be the new Gatsby. Yeah, I'm gonna wear a flappers outfit everywhere I go, Tom. It's <laughs> my plan for the twenties. Now a flap. You go, hello, boys. What are the outfits that they would have where? Um, they would pull. The, <laughs> maybe this is a real thing. But they would like pull like a chain, and the top of their dress would go up and down, <laughs> like like blinds, like Venetian blinds, not Venetian blinds, regular blinds. Was this in like a Mel Brooks movie? or I something? think it might have been in something like that. And and there was some joke about that being a flapper, uh. like oh, she's flapping her boobs or whatever. Mm. And I think I've been confused about what a flapper's dress. Like, I've always thought, like, oh, one of those dresses with a little chain and you pull, or, you know, like a string, you tug the string and the top of the dress goes off. And then you go, cigarettes. <laughs> what? Okay. What's happening? <laughs> That's, look, I'm just giving you a look inside my mind. Hey, the the diseased mind of Tom Reynolds. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, we didn't uh, we didn't have a movie to watch for that. So uh, here we are. Here we well, are. A I couple mean, of silver spoons. There we were. You listened to the live show last yeah. week. Now yeah. it's sci-fi month here on Books pew, the pew, Podcast. Pew. Yeah, there was... Like, one day we will get around to reading the novelization of Star Wars, The Phantom Menace. Around Christmas time, I think I'm going to read the novelization of Home Alone 2. You read that regardless. I know, but I'll explain it to you. You're not going to believe what happens to Kevin It's a lot different, right? No. Oh, I thought it was... It's, like, simpler. I think they cut out the bird lady, if anything. Or maybe they cut out Tim Curry in the in the hotel. Oh, I could see that. Tim Curry. I could see them that not being a big role, but then they're like, "Oh, we got Tim Curry for this." Like, yeah, let's write him a few more. Uh, yeah, he's the hotel manager, maybe. Yeah, I think so. He's not the concierge. No, Rob Schneider is like the bellhop. Yes, and so then he's there's... looking for a tip. Yeah, and uh, Tim Curry at the time. <laughs> It was like two years after his uh, chilling turn in the miniseries of Stephen King's It yeah. as, as Pennywise. Mm-hmm. So uh, friggin' 12-year-old, no, 10-year-old Tim was like, this Tim Curry guy plays the best villains in the yeah. world. Like <laughs> Two of like the most hateable on-screen villains. Yeah. He was the bad guy in, uh, was that Legend? Played the devil. Oh, did he? Yeah, I think so. I was never really clear on what the deal with. Uh, I think I've seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show mm-hmm. uh, a few times. I still don't understand what happened in it. Who's the good guy and who's the bad guy? <laughs> Meatloaf yeah. comes through on a motorcycle at one point. That seems pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's too busy screaming at the screen. I'm, I'm trying to pay attention, everybody. Shut up. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to learn the story here. Yeah. Um, I've never been one of those screaming Rocky Horror Picture Show shows. Yeah, me neither. I've never been to any midnight movie screening where it's like, hey, play along, because I don't want people playing along. Yeah, doing things, throwing things at the screen and yeah. everything. I went to, uh, I think you and I both went to a screening of Wet Hot American Summer one time, mm-hmm. like in Williamsburg at a park, and people were just like saying the lines along oh, with it, and yeah, we were just we like, were just get the hell out of here. Yeah, this sucks. Yeah. Let's go home and watch the DVD. Yeah. Like, I like, it's funny when Paul Rudd says it, not when you say it. Yeah. It's funny when I say it. Though. Yeah, it's yeah. funny when I say yeah, it along yeah, with yeah. him. Not when you say it along with yeah. him. Yeah. I don't like saying things along with the... Uh, I like singing along with songs. Yeah. Sure. And uh, I had a, you had to be a big, big shot, shot, didn't you? I could see that. Like, I could even see Rocky Horror, like, yeah, sing along with the songs, but they don't just do that. They sing along with, like, or say lines. At and then they point. respond to some lines that are yeah, in that, the, yeah. yeah. You know what? If that's your personality, congratulations. Uh, you know what my personality is? I have a podcast. <laughs> Man, you know what? The, 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 the thing that irks me to no end. Steve Urkel. No. <laughs> no, not a thing that Urkels me to no end. <laughs> a thing that irks me to no end is uh, when they play Sweet Caroline in places and people. So, so good, good. So good. good. Yeah. That's not the, the words. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't do Singing that. Singing along with the horn part, the ba ba that's fine. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. But the so look, if the song was supposed to have a so good, so good, so good part, Neil Diamond would have written yeah. it in there. You hey. think it didn't occur to him? You know who knows uh what he's doing? Neil fucking Diamond knows what he's doing. 
Yeah, horses' asses. Fucking horses' asses. Um, Tim, this week, uh, as you said, sci-fi week. Sci-fi month. Sci-fi month. We had a lot of, I had a lot of good selections of different books that I wanted to read. Yeah. That I hadn't read before. I kind of knew going in, though, I was like, ah, this is probably going to win because it's we like the most well-known. Yeah. Well, it's like the most well-known people you are going to You think uh, everybody in our audience is a bunch of posers, Tom? Is what you're saying? No. A bunch but, of simpletons? No, I will say that I'm always impressed with uh, uh, nothing ever wins in like a crazy landslide. Right. And there's never- This was the closest landslide. Like, usually there's yeah. a neck and neck. Yes, Usually there's a neck and neck, but then the rest are kind of somewhat equally spread out. But it's rare that there's a book on there that nobody's like, yeah. Uh, Nobody likes. I keep putting the secret on it. <laughs> and uh, after uh, Seven yeah, they Habits, I want of you highly... to get the secret out there, Tim. Yeah. If, if everybody knows it, then it's not the secret anymore. Also, they're afraid that I'm going to finally get my yacht and helicopter and stop doing the podcast. Right. They don't want to just hear you talking about books that you've read. Yeah, and, and wishing I had your lifestyle. Yeah, we'll put it on a vision board. Uh, okay. We should make vision boards. We should do the secret. <laughs> this is why they don't want to hear. It. Why? Because <laughs> the whole time you're going back. We should do the secret. Yeah. No, we should. We should not the book. The secret. We should do the vision board stuff. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we should do that on stage at a show. <laughs> Just cut pictures of nice cars out of a magazine and put it on <laughs> poster quietly. board. Yeah. Show each Ooh, other, oh, look eating. at this one. Yeah. And you see this one? Look at this. Uh... Oh, a bikini babe. I'd like to have her. Yeah, well, cut her out. Put her up on the vision board. Um, Tim, I am reading Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick. <clears throat> what? Philip K. Dick. Dick. Philip Cock Dick. That's his. That's C- what the K stands for. C O C K. K O C K. That's Coke. Coke. Yeah, like but he Coke pronounces brothers. it cock. Huh. Um, Philip K. Dick. Uh, what you, does the K stand for, Kenneth? I don't know. Kenneth Bunkport. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh. Do Android Dream of Electric Sheep is famous for being the influence of the movie Blade Runner, which right. which you'll eventually watch. Have you ever now, seen the movie Blade Runner? I have not seen the movie Blade Runner. Um, and I was told, I almost went and saw the movie Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. But I was told not to if I didn't see the movie Blade Runner. If you hadn't seen the uh, previous 2048 entries. Exactly. Which seems like an undertaking, but I'm willing to do it. <laughs> Which you're like, I would just not understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim, I have seen both the movie Blade Runner, the director's cut of Blade Runner, mm-hmm. and Blade Runner 2049. I don't believe I have seen any of these movies without falling asleep. Really? Yeah. No, oh, high hopes for the book then. No, but here's the thing. I think that I fall asleep during these movies because it's like comforting. Like, they kind of lull me into it. Oh, they... really? I always thought they seemed very uh, uh, too slick and inhuman that I feel like I wouldn't be able to, to, to like, un, the, the opposite of comforting. No. Like, it takes me completely out of my comfort Well, I think zone. a lot of it is the music in the movies, because the music is very 80s, very, like, 80s synth wave, just very, like, 
Yeah, I like that. And like a lot of just like very long lingering shots on. Uh, Let know. me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Philip Kindred Dick wrote uh, this. Do you think anybody ever said to him, ah, a kindred dick? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe if he was turned on by the same lady as somebody else. Like they were like, hubba hubba, look at her. It's like, yeah, it looks like we're kindred dicks here. Yeah, like that's my name. <laughs> uh, that was the way he talked, by the way. <laughs> Hello, I'm Philip K. Dick. Oh, Bill. All right, all right, future stories. Um, he he died at a fairly young age, by the way. What age? Uh, 53. When was that? Uh, 1982. March 2nd, 1982. Uh, two and a half months before I was born, I might be the reincarnation, depending on how, how long, uh, how long the that processing yeah. of paperwork takes. Yeah. Um, so the movie came out and mm. it was, uh, like we know it, our generation knows this book as, uh, the inspiration for the movie Blade Runner. Yeah. Was this book notable before that? Uh, I believe so. I mean, he was a notable author and I was actually about to say, like, I've read other Philip K. Uh, Dick books. Yeah. And, certain- and many of them made into classic movies. Like the paycheck, the paycheck, total recall, total recall, minority report, yeah, a scanner darkly, the adjustment bureau. Mm-hmm. You can forget uh, Matt Damon in his hat. Yeah, um, screamers. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, me neither. Anyway, uh, I've never seen Minority Report. Oh, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. You like watching Tom Cruise run. Yeah, I do. Yeah, he runs around in this. Yeah. I like watching Spielberg movies. I like watching uh, 21st century Spielberg movies, which I feel are underrated. Yeah, it's weird that I, I forget that like Spielberg went through like a, a futuristic sci-fi phase with like that War of the AI Worlds and War of the Worlds. Well, I was going to say, and then he also went through like a Tom Cruise phase. Yeah. <laughs> and like none of his Tom Cruise movies are particularly like they don't get mentioned with uh, no. when they're talking about Spielberg. And I'm sure that that was just both of them thinking like we get Tom Cruise and S- Steven Spielberg together. That is dynamite that yeah. is the biggest the biggest star well, actor was, the biggest star Minority director. report was a pretty big film yeah but not like yeah i mean it wasn't like the matrix or whatever like right. it didn't blow up um and then uh that same year catch me if you can came out oh that's a good that's a movie i can watch endlessly oh i watched that the other day it was, it was lovely yeah i watched wayne's world 2 yesterday um I'm downgrading Wayne's World 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, having seen it uh, again. Recently. Yeah, I watched it in its entirety for some reason. <laughs> did, you, did you like put it on or it happened to be on? There's this TV channel on Sling TV. Uh, I mean, it's on, I get it through Sling TV, called Epic's Drive-In. Oh, okay. And it's just, I think like, I've seen that. Yeah. It was, uh, before that, it was Spaceballs and Wayne's World 2. And so I watched the end of Spaceballs and all of Wayne's World 2. Yeah. And then this morning, it's like a pretty good channel. Yeah, and this morning, Hackers was on. Oh, nice! So it's it's kind of like HBO in the nineties, right. kind of. Oh, where that's it's, and like great. you just take it as it comes. You you pop in halfway through a movie, and yeah, I'm a, the best. 
I'm amazed that was Philip K. Dick Johnny Mnemonic too. No. Who is Johnny Mnemonic? I don't know. Well, I mean, it wasn't on this list of adaptations. Oh, I, I think it's. I oh, it's what's his name? Ugh. Keanu Reeves. No, I'm blanking on his name. Um, another like us, uh, the guy who wrote. Uh, William Gibson. Yeah, no crash, right? Ah, mm. uh, but anyway, Philip K. Dick, great writer, great guy. Hey, you and him, I hear are kindred dicks. Uh, so I am uh, uh, reading this book, Tim. I've read the. F- I'll give this caveat, Tim. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did not have a lot because of the turnaround. Yeah, we did a we did a thing. Okay. I only got to read the first three chapters. That's fine. How many chapters are there? Five hundred and eighty-two. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, no, I think it's like twenty-four chapters ish. That's fine. I should have read like the first six, but but you know what? The first three chapters were long, so get off my back. I'm not on your back. Tom. I'm talking to the listener. Yeah, I'm talking listen to the to person you supporting paid us. Subscribers, yeah. Get off Tom's back, and while you're at it, go screw. Why don't you go take a long walk off a short pier? Why don't you go eat your fucking pudding and go to bed? What does that mean? It's time to go to bed. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, the book starts, it's uh, 2021, but from what I read in earlier editions, it was 1992, okay. and I guess they you know, decided, like, no, nah, that's, like, too soon. So. Yeah, I feel like all these books, when they're just like, oh, it's the future. Yeah. Like, don't hold the... When people are like, oh... Uh, Back to the Future 2 said that, what did, what did he go to, 2017, 2016? 2015. 2015. They're like, oh, they got that real wrong. It's like, they weren't trying to be accurate. Yeah, they were trying to like, oh, where, when can we go to where he'll be in his 40s? And, yeah. Uh, and, and like, yeah, but we don't want to make stuff boring. We yeah. want to make it more futuristic. And they're also just like, oh, let's get somebody in here and map out exactly what might be feasible. No, it's supposed to be fun. Shut up. Yeah. They should just update all these books with like 30 years in the future every every year. It's funny to me, too, like uh, whenever they show. Well, I guess like, people, you know what? It's done in a good faith that when people put like, oh, here's what like they thought. Uh, Michael J. Fox would look like at 40 whatever and here's what he actually looks like. not done in good faith. Nothing on the internet is done in good faith. <laughs> but I think that that's more like <laughs> oh look at how much better they age but I think it doesn't take into account like no but they also like went a little overboard on the makeup to be like he, he aged. Look we're showing you an older version. And guess what? That's not how Michael J. Fox would age. It's how the character of Marty McFly would age, and there are different stressors affecting Michael uh, uh, Marty McFly than Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say probably fewer. If we're if we're being honest, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, no, Marty McFly lost his job in the movie. Yeah, but that, that made know, his hair turn gray. Yeah, but Michael J. Fox. Got a degenerative disease, yeah, yeah. which is terrible. Did you know? So this is going off on a tangent. I but get a lot of emails from Michael J. Fox. They don't. Yeah, I do. I, you I donate oh, to the foundation, but it always comes in like, "Hey, it's me, Michael J. Fox. Thanks for your donation." And you know, buds. Um, there was a thing recently. <laughs> yes, they found this connection to like. <laughs> 
a gut bacteria and uh, Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. You know about like all this gut bacteria stuff nowadays? Yeah. Like, and like I saw somebody point out that I was like, oh shit, that would be crazy that they're like, I kind of feel like we're living in the age before like they figured out what scurvy was. And that like, y- you know, not that long from now, it might be like, Oh, Jesus, we were doing things way wrong. Yeah. Like, don't ever do this. This yeah. is what leads to uh, 90% all... of. <laughs> yeah, like all, are... all brain problems. Yeah. This is why they, yeah. they happened. We finally figured it out. Now we're being I mean, happy hopefully. all the time. Oh, hopefully. But they were saying that um, uh, four people from Family Ties have Parkinson's. Really? And somebody was saying they're the like. The Keaton family seems well, like. <laughs> well, they were saying like. Who knows what this gut bacteria stuff like? It could have been like something in the catering one day. Yeah. Like that's crazy to think about. But like nobody knows where this stuff comes from. And it's like it's kind of crazy that four people have it. Like who knows what they're exposed to. And then somebody else in the comments was saying like. You're talking about the comment section? Yeah. The, okay. That they were saying that like their grandma and their grandma's husband like moved into like a house. And like he went there and he was like it smelled weird. And then, like, a year later, like, both of them got dementia on, like, the same day. Like, the symptoms started showing themselves. And he's like, I think it was, like, some kind of mold in the house. Yeah. Like, Boy. Yeah. This is why I live on the moon. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> I wish. It's a hell of a commute, Tom. But uh, it's worth it. So this this book uh, starts off. We Chapter meet, one. We meet Rick Deckard. Rick Deckard. Yeah. That's a cool name. I don't know if... I know uh, uh, Harrison Ford is Deckard in the, the movie. We'll I, find out. I later. don't know if he has the same first name or not. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, you think it might be a Incredible Hulk, Bill Bixby? <laughs> it, it might be that situation, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he's in... Uh, so, look, I'll admit to another thing, Tim, which is not being to anything, but I know you're going to get mad. I listened to the audiobook. And yet you claimed you didn't have time to read. That was barely what I had time for. I was, How long was the first were the first three chapters on audio? It was like an hour and ten minutes, hour and fifteen. For three chapters? Yeah. They were long chapters, that's what I said. Did the chapters get shorter? Is this like Yeah, because really I looked one? at the time of the other ones. I'm like, oh yeah, these are long chapters. Okay. So you're not reading the book, is what you're saying. I'm gonna send you an article about the brain science behind listening to They don't know book. anything about the brain. <laughs> you listen with your gut, from what I understand. Well, I, I got those uh, uh, headphones that they give pregnant women to listen to, for the baby to listen to Mozart. Oh, nice. And I put that on my belly. Okay. So, yeah, Tim, I did listen to it through my gut. Um, but the reason why I bring it up is uh, uh, in the audiobook, they refer to his wife as Erin. Uh, but looking at it here, it's Iran. It's I R A N. Oh, but Iran is uh, Iran. Her name, but it's Iran. Like Kieran, but Iran. Kieran. Yeah. Like Kieran Culkin from HBO's Succession. Yeah. Cool. I'm not gonna throw us up on another <laughs> tangent. Well, his wife's name is Iran. So he wakes up. It's San Francisco. He's Rick Decker. Yeah. He wakes up, he's, uh, uh, it's uh, San Francisco, it's 2021. He knows that when he wakes up. Yeah. But um, Oh, so he's from that time. He's not like, yeah. what the fuck? I'm in the future now. Although when he wakes up, he's very like disoriented, and he talks about how like he's always disoriented when he wakes up. Mm. But him and his wife, Erin, 
they start, uh, they're like arguing about, they have this thing in their house called a Penfield wave transmitter. And it's basically like a, a mood thing. It like sets mood ring. No, <laughs> it sets, it sets the moods for them. Ah. So they have different settings and it's like different numbers. And I actually meant to go back through cause I have the, the physical book too. But, um, because they talk about the different like uh like oh, i'm gonna set it to like a one a 138 which is like a pleasant professional demeanor mm. for today because i this is what i have they get into an argument because his wife's like oh i'm gonna set my thing to like a, a depressed today and he's like why would you do that that defeats the whole purpose don't set the mood machine well, to why depress. do they why do they let it go why do they make the dial go that way i think he would i think he even says something like i didn't even know that was a setting like why are they you know what too. is it because you can't have the highs without the lows no i forget what her uh uh entire argument is i think it's she was like watching tv and she was like watching something on tv that just like kind of made her feel weird and she was like now i want to like feel depressed like and uh sometimes you do sometimes you, yeah uh, you know and i think she even tells him like look i'm gonna set it i'll set it because he's like you start feeling depressed like you're not it's gonna spiral and she's like no nah, i'll set it ti- turn the thing up no she's like i'll set a timer on the thing it'll uh-huh. just set me to that setting for three hours and then it'll turn and he's like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna set you to a three and the three setting is uh Makes you feel like you want to set the machine on, <laughs> which is like, yeah, you know, they, cool they little, thought of everything. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, they, they, uh, oh, and then it's weird. So they're arguing with each other a little bit. And then he has to, like, it's like a sleep number bed yeah. situation. And he has to, like, kind of decide, like, should I go and set the machine? Because I think she's like still in bed and he's like up getting ready for his day. And he's like, should I set this to like a like docile, like agreeable, like, hey, let's let's figure this out. Let's talk about it. He's like, should I just fucking crank it and like go all out? And then she threatens like, hey, listen, Buster, like I'll set this thing to a 10 too. And like, we'll just fucking scream at each other about this. It's like, God, yeah, that sounds... I don't know. Don't. Why would you want to say it to be angrier about something? So it's it's for the environment. It's not. It doesn't uh, set for the person. No, it's for the person. But it's a. It's weird because they say it's a wave transmitter, but it kind of also sounds like medication. But mm. I don't. Think, I think it's like no. This like transmits brain waves tuned okay. to you and I is going to make you got feel it. a certain way. Because then they both talk about like on their schedules, on their calendars, like, well, no, I have it on my calendar. I'm, I have to set it to this today because right. this is the kind of day I have planned ahead. Got it. There would he, be a whole thing, a uh, discussion about consent uh, when it t- comes to those dials. I think right? there is a little bit of like, don't yeah. you dare, you know, set yeah. me. But like a married couple or something. They're married. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Iran and, uh, and, and, and and Deckard. Deckard. Uh, you know, sometimes they'll be like, "Hey, uh, can you can you turn me up to one thirty six or something?" Right? Yeah. I don't know. It seems like there can be some nefarious stuff that happens with that, and maybe, maybe, maybe we'll see that later in this. Maybe uh, this we will. Uh, so they're arguing, and she calls him. Uh, she's like, "You're just like a, a like a, a crude cop." Ooh. And he's like, "I ain't a cop." He's not a cop. He's a bounty hunter. He kills androids for a living. 
Whoa. You know what they call androids? Sheep. Andes. Andes. Yeah. Um, Played by Andy Serkis in the movie. Yeah. The, the motion capture man himself. Yeah. Uh, and uh, He's pretty much half machine in, in reality, right? That's true. Well, in the uh, uh, Marvel movies, in uh, Black Panther, he has a, an android arm. Wow. That you can turn into a gun. I don't like so that. He doesn't even have to hold a gun. He can just make his arm into a gun. <sighs> Saves a lot of time. Uh, they live in a apartment building, but it's like mostly empty, uh, and it's uh, uh, it's in the pre-war suburbs. Uh, Which war is this? A war that we don't know about? World War Terminus. World WWT. Wow, what does that mean? Uh, that we get into that in the next. Uh, okay, okay, sorry. Uh, but so she wants to be depressed. Because, like, she's basically like, look, the, everything sucks. Like, I want to kind of feel. Yeah, sometimes you got to you gotta do that. Yeah. Uh, he sets his to give him a fresh attitude towards his job, <laughs> then leaves. Uh, oh, and he, oh, but then he does set her to uh, a setting that gives her please acknowledgement of husband's superior <laughs> wisdom in all matters. What? <laughs> yeah. These settings are very specific. Oh, there's like hundreds of these. Like, I'm going to set her to a 419, which is this. Is there a companion book or like an extended universe where people have listed oh, out maybe. all of these things? That'd be awesome. I'd love to read it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so he has to have like a quick breakfast because he's like, oh, yeah, that took longer than it should have. And I got to get to work. Um so he goes up to the roof of his apartment, and I was so glad to see this. This is not in the movie, but I thought, like, oh, the, the title's weird or whatever. Uh, you know what he goes up on the roof to check up on? His Blade Runner. His electric sheep. Oh. Yeah. So uh, everybody in the apartment building, and the apartment building's, I think, like half-filled or something, they have an animal that they keep uh, up on the roof. Uh Taking care of animals has become a societal norm, and everyone is expected to do it. Hmm. I uh, like that. Yeah. Just some sort of uh, responsibility for another living being. But here's the thing. You know, Decker doesn't have a real sheep. He has an electric yeah, sheep. Yeah, why is that? Doesn't he hate androids? Uh, He doesn't necessarily hate them. It's just a job. He's an iPhone, man. <laughs> but... um. But uh, so it's essentially like real animals are expensive. So people have electric ones that are like pure, like replicas. So like nobody knows. And he explains at one point like it, it's uncouth to ask. Just like you wouldn't ask somebody like, hey, is that a toupee? Right. You don't ask somebody, hey, is that a real sheep or an electric sheep? Because people that like, I can't believe you asked. Right. That's embarrassing. But it's assumed, like, now a lot of people's shit is electric. They're fake mm. animals. Because um, uh, all the animals died in the World War Terminus? Yeah. The the air in, uh, like, around San Francisco uh, got contaminated with radiation, with, like, fallout. Because when he's listening to the, the, the weather, they're talking about, like, the fallout for that day. Um, the air in San Francisco in the real 2019... Is contaminated with uh, uh, venture capitalists saying, "I'll invest." <laughs> yes, that's true. 
Um, uh, Rick has to wear an Ajax model Montabound lead cod piece in order to uh, to keep himself from being exposed to uh, radiation. Ah, they got to have balls protectors. You got to have balls protectors. You got to wear a lead cod piece. Mm. Um, because he gets uh, examined. It's basically like a drug test. They examine. He, he works for the San Francisco Police Department um, to see if he's contaminated. And if you're contaminated, they you're marked as special. But guess what? It ain't that special. Mm. Um. They don't want people who are contaminated to like continue replicating, reproducing. So you get like, I I don't think you necessarily, I forget if it's like a forced sterilization or if it's just like you're strongly encouraged. Like if you don't get sterilized, then, you know, other bad shit happens to you. Right. Um, so he gets tested all the time, but he still normally can still have normal children because they don't, it's gotten to the point where they, if you're like radioactive, they don't want you having like mutated babies. Yeah, of course. Uh, Rick's neighbor, Bill Barber, he he's up on the roof. Guess what? Bill's got a horse. A real horse? A real horse. And Rick wow. is jealous as shit because this guy's got a goddamn horse. A sheep seems pretty cool and nice, right? <sighs> They're soft. Nice as a horse, though. He does point out that the sheep's wool is real. Ooh. <laughs> Which makes sense. It's now like we're talking. Uh, and uh, uh, Bill's telling Rick, like, hey, guess what? My horse is pregnant. What do you think of that? Horses can't get pregnant. <laughs> you, know what he, you know what he says when he says, what do you think of that? He says, I think you're going to have two horses soon. <laughs> That's like, hey, well done, Rick. Uh, but then he tells him, uh, he's like, Hey, uh, why don't you sell me that horse? Uh, you shouldn't have two animals. That's like immoral. That's too many animals. Uh, but fucking Rick has a, is a sheep. Yeah. But it's like, you're only supposed to have one animal. Mm. Uh, and it's called, um, mercerism. Uh, and it says it violates the whole basic theological and moral structure of mercerism to own two animals. Mm. Uh, and then Rick uh, blows his own cover and shows him like, yeah, this sheep, this sheep's electric look. And he like lifts up the control panel. And, but it's funny because it's like 70s electronics or whatever. So it's like, yeah, the tape got stuck and it kept buying. Um, but Those idiots didn't know that we'd have MP3s by now. <laughs> but Rick explains. He's like, I had a real sheep. He's like, remember my sheep? Yeah, that sheep used to be real. Remember the day he got sick? He's like, yeah, I took him to the vet and it turned out he had tuberculosis because he, uh, uh, when I gave him this hay to eat, I didn't, uh, I missed part of the wire in the hay and he ate this two inch long piece of wire and it gave him tuberculosis. So, uh, you know, once he died, I was like, ah, shit, I can't afford a new sheep. Uh, make a replica, make like an electronic version of this sheep. Hmm. But he's like, this sheep's a pain in the ass. I got to take him into the shop all the time because, like, you know, the tapes get mm-hmm, caught or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, sell me that, sell me that horse. And he like looks it up in the catalog. He's like, a horse is five thousand dollars from the catalog. And he's like, yeah, but look at that. See how it's five thousand dollars, but it's in italics. That's because they're all out of horses. Ah. So it's not even. You can't even buy one. He's like, well. I'll give you money until that horse is born and then you sell me the horse. But he, he, he kind of won't do it. But then he's thinking about how many Andes he needs to quote unquote retire. 
you know, which means kill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which his wife, uh, Erin, had gotten. She was like, you're a killer. And he's like, ah, kill androids. It's not a big deal. Right. So that's a big uh, thing. And they explained that the androids. So the deal with the androids, um, you know what? This is the next chapter. I'll get into Chapter it. two. Chapter two, he goes, uh, uh, we're in a different, we're in a, uh, an em- a different empty building. Um, and they talk about the effects of World War Terminus. Uh, a lot of people had emigrated to a new colony on Mars called New America. Nice. S- specifically, they moved to a city called New New York. Nice, like in Futurama. Yes. Uh, and uh, the, the owls and the birds died first. From all the radiation dust, nobody even like knows how the war started or like who started it. But you know, there's just like radiation everywhere. Everything's. F- I think it's. I'm glad I. At least the owls died. <laughs> owls are terrifying. Yeah. Well, don't they got electric owls? So oh. even scarier. That's eh, not that scary. <sighs> think about what an electric owl can do. Electric but like, uh, but it'd be rational, right? I feel like. Owls are irrational. Like, they're just going to pick on me for some reason. Nah, I think owls leave people alone for the most part. You know, hear about owl attacks. What? The woman in the staircase could have been killed by an owl. What woman in the staircase? The the movie, the, the documentary series, The Staircase? I didn't watch it. <laughs> Is this where all of your fear of owls comes from? Partially, yes. Um... So, uh, uh, owls and birds went first, but then other animals started dying. That's why it's like a big deal to like take care of an animal like you're, you're supposed to do. Right, right, right. Uh, so the government was like, this is all fucked. We got to get people off of earth. Earth is just screwed. I think that's why it's kind of like nobody knows who started the war or whatever. Cause it's kind of at the point of like, it doesn't fucking matter at this yeah. point. The earth is just like a hell hole. Um, so the way the government has been convincing people to leave Earth, besides, you know, also like castrating you or whatever, if you're. Yeah, yeah, if you're. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the that's the, the stick, the carrot that they offer. That they tie to the end of the <laughs> stick. Right. To keep you walking. Is if you go to one of these colonies, guess what? Free Android. We'll give you a free Android. Ooh. Right. And I and I think now, what does an android actually do? Well, so that's the thing. It's now. So why is he killing androids if we're if we're just putting them up on Mars too? So one of the things is like now it's at the point where these companies are offering. They're like, uh, go to Mars or wherever. You get a free android, and guess what? Like we'll custom make you an android. You tell us what kind of android you want, we'll do it. You want like a sex bot or whatever, presumably like, yeah, we'll make that. You want an Android that's like just going to be your personal assistant and be really good at that. We'll do that. You want like a big, strong Android and like he can build buildings for you or whatever. We'll do that. But the Androids have gotten so good and so close to humans that they're like undetectable. And some of these Androids are sneaking on the ships and coming back to Earth. Mm. And that's who Deckard's going after. Got it. The secret Androids. Right. Why don't they want them running around Earth that they're trying to get everybody off of? Because I think it's like, look, why are they coming back to Earth? Why do they got up their sleeve? Yeah, it's true. Okay. Uh, though, uh, so this guy, we're introduced to another character. John is a door. Ooh. But he's not a door. He's a man. Mm, we'll be. Uh, we don't know that yet, right? 
Uh, I think we do. Hmm. Uh, so he's he's in his apartment. He's watching TV. This is how we learn about this because he's watching like a commercial or whatever about like moving to Mars. Uh, John has distorted genes and he's failed to pass like the test or whatever. Uh, so he's been labeled. You know what they get labeled as? Androids. Chicken heads. Chicken heads. Uh, <laughs> uh, is, uh, he, he, he drives a delivery truck and like his life just kind of sucks. Like he drives a delivery truck, it sounds like, and then like goes home and just watches TV. Hey. It's like so many people these but days. But he's, he's like, you know what? It could be worse. It's a living. Uh, so he, he starts getting ready for work. Uh, chicken head is a derogatory American English slang that can refer to either someone who performs fellatio for everybody yeah. or derisively dumb female. Okay. Well, this guy, John's a man and he's a chicken head. Um, he gets like overwhelmed by the silence when he turns the TV off. So he goes to an empathy box uh, and grabs the handles. The empathy box creates uh, it, it, it like mu- it fuses his consciousness with Wilbur Mercer, who's like uh, the Mercerism guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he sees him uh, climbing up a hill. And the box lets him like kind of meld with him, and he gets like uh, it's like a spiritual experience, right? Right. Um, but almost like kind of a weird dream. Uh, and he thinks about his his old life, and in his old life, he um created a machine that had the ability to bring dead animals back to life. They called a time reversal faculty. Uh, it had been outlawed, and when they found out that he was doing this, they put radiation in his brain. Because uh, he, he created a, a pet head. cemetery situation. Yeah, they they made him chi- they made him a chicken head. Uh. Uh, yeah. Oh, and then he like uh, he hears somebody moving in into his building, and he's like real excited. He's like, "Oh, what am I supposed to do?" I'm supposed to like uh, borrow sugar from them or something. He he doesn't kind of know what to do, so he decides to go take them a gift, which is a, a stick of margarine. <laughs> That's like a moving in gift. Chapter three, the last chapter I read. Yeah, the you didn't. I mean, you didn't read it, but uh, somebody read it to you. Who who read the book to you, Tom? A man. Hmm. I forget the narrator's name. Uh, Rick Deckard's like on his way to work. He's going to the uh, SFPD. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He walks past uh, a, a, a pet shop because remember, he really wanted this horse. He's, I know he wants that he's friggin' sick uh, of having an electric sheep. Foal. Yeah, is that what a baby horse? Is? Uh, this one's a colt. Okay. Um, he walks by and they got a sign in the in the store. That uh, they just got an ostrich from a zoo in Cleveland. <clears throat> and Rick's like, oh, man, imagine having an ostrich. That'd be cool as shit. Yeah, with the eggs. Yeah. So because uh, uh, his neighbor's trying to tell him, he's like, why don't you get like a cricket or a mouse? You can get a mouse for 25 bucks. Mm. It's like, that's A cricket, insult. too. Like, cricket's going to fucking die. Yeah, and I think the horse is going to eat the cricket. I think he kind of like threatens him at the end too, where he's like, you know, that that something bad could happen to that horse. That horse could die. Mm -hmm. Deckard, come on, Deckard, don't don't kill that guy's horse. (laughs) Uh, 
he gets he gets to uh, the police department. Oh, so before this, he was thinking to himself, like, man, I'd have to kill like five androids to make enough money to get myself a horse. Um, and like that, the top bounty hunter would have to if a five of these the androids would have to come to San Francisco, and the top bounty hunter would have to like not be around for right. me to even have a chance at that. Um, but so he gets to work and he finds out that uh, guess what. The, the top bounty hunter had been shot the night before. Nice. And he's going to be laid up until they can get him one of them new artificial spines and get it to graft with his body. Uh. Um, and they say it was probably a Nexus, Nexus 6 android that did it, which are <sighs> these like really advanced ones. Of course. Uh, it is a very high level of human intelligence, and it can pass as a human uh, a lot of times. Uh, the government created a test, however, called the Voigt Kampf Empathy Empathy Test to identify androids that uh, like try to pass for human, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. no android's been able to do it because empathy is like the last emotion that they can't really wrap their head around, or should I say, microprocessor around. <laughs> cool, Tom. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me see what else I have in here. Uh, because then he's just kind of thinking about mercerism, yeah, again, and World War T again, and uh, Mercer introduced he uh, he came up with the empathy boxes, and he came up with this mantra: "You should only kill the killers." But the killers was not known, not a known entity, but instead a concept. A mercerite was able to sense evil, even even if he or she could not define it. Um, but he thinks about like, oh, that that other. Then he's kind of like, all right, back to business. Like that other guy, that other bounty hunter, he's gone. So now there's a possibility I could t- I could bag a lot more androids. So guess what he does calls up the pet shop he's like yeah how much that uh ostrich cost i might be interested in that ostrich uh and he uh he tells him it's uh twenty nine thousand dollars which is one thousand dollars less than uh the msrp Hmm. he's like we got a deal on this ostrich uh he tries to haggle with him over the price but then he gives up (laughs) (laughs) why why didn't his neighbor want to sell him the horse because he thinks he could get a lot more money for it I think either that or he's just like, nah, man, I want two horses. I like having one horse. You're not supposed to. Well, it's that's immoral. what Rick was trying to tell him. But I think this guy was kind of like, oh, whatever, man. I want two horses. Mm. All right. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, this book is confounding so far to me. I mean, I guess you have to build the world a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. This is a lot of world building, especially like chapter two. Like a, it started with like a pretty heavy, uh, super interesting, though, like info dump. Yeah. Of like World War T and like the off world colonies and androids. Um, but I like uh, the, I like the world that's being built. Yeah. I, all that stuff kind of. Just put just set your stories in the normal world that we already live in. <laughs> set your story today. Yeah. Or like it's in the nineties. Yeah. Stuff I understand. Hey, we all remember the nineties. Yeah. You like a book that starts Hey, we all remember the nineties. <laughs> this story takes place then. Yeah. It's like and I think you're gonna like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like what they what they tell me. I'm gonna enjoy it. Yeah. Tom? Mm-hmm. Uh 
Uh, Siri went off in my pocket or something. Oh, I think. she's I think t- hearing Android, all this fucking Android yeah, talk. This Android's thinking of electric sheep. Yeah. Um, well, I'm excited, Tom, uh-huh. to hear uh, if a plot starts in this book at any point. It's starting. We already know that there are these new bad androids out there that are really good at replicating humans, and, and Rick's going to have to try and find them because he wants be that some, ostrich. Some real carnage, some American carnage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Tom, thank you for telling me about that. Hey, don't mention it. We'll have more next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, will you read or yeah, uh, listen back. to it? I'm going to probably read. Look, you can listen to it. It's fine. Like I said, I'm going to send you this article. but I don't care about what some article says to justify the fact that you don't know how to read. <laughs> I like listening to audiobooks. I feel like you stop paying attention. I like having a man tell me the story. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm doing here. Yeah. No, I pay more attention when I'm listening than when uh, I'm looking. No, not me. Unless it's a pretty lady. You're never listening to yeah, what ladies have to say. Yeah, paying attention to what they look like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, see you next week. Thanks for being a patron. Sorry, Tom's a misogynist. Hey, I'm not a... Hey. Rather be a misogynist than an android. Don't you think? I'm not a misogynist. Fuck you. <laughs>